When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about a discussion of Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I could not be any happier. It is a beautiful sunny day. Here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, USA, Beta Ray Bill is in our lives in an MCP capacity. Looks like he's pretty good. Very cool, man. MCP is rocking and rolling, firing on all cylinders going into 2023. Oh, absolutely. And a week and some change of days. I'll be at LVO hanging out with all y'all and playing in the tournament. And we're going to, I think MCP is going to be rocked by LVO in a lot of ways, Chris, where it's like, we're going to know so much new information from these crises. Oh my gosh. Right now. We just don't know. 100% an information deluge will be hitting us as far as, you know, how to analyze the game and figure out what's good and what's not and this and that. So enjoy the wide open meta we have right now because it will go away as soon as someone wins. Whatever they win with, if that is the new hotness, just be ready for it. Well, absolutely. The Invitational is going to be massive for the competitive community. I'm so jealous of everyone that gets to be there, and I'm so sorry I can't (laughs) be there this year. But even the Invitational aside, Chris, I mean, this was cool about LVO. You know, there are people going just to play in the scrambles, scrambles and pick up maybe. tournaments. And we're going to find information from that too and, and fun, fun interactions and cool things like that. I mean, last update I saw from Charles that's Omnis on LVO was they were, they were in the range of they've sold over 230 MCP tickets. 
which is just an unbelievable amount of players playing MCP, playing scrambles, playing the invitational, you know what I mean? Like just learning things about the new meta, about the new crisis, uh, seeing who's on top. Is it going to be Brotherhood? Is it going to be Avengers? Uh, I would play some bets with those, but I'm feeling pretty good about some other teams too. I'm feeling real good about a lot of teams. I'm feeling like I want to try a lot of teams and I'm really excited to see what kind of comes out of LVO. Yeah, what's cool is when LVO is going to end, we're going to have all this information. We're going to have, you know, top eight players, top winner, of course, the champion of this past year. But then, Chris, the month of February onward, I mean, you just talked about at the top of the show, but we're getting Spider Woman, Agent Venom, Ulick, and Beta Ray Bill all in February. Some models, we don't know all their stats yet. Um, I'm very curious on Ulick. Oh my gosh, I have no idea where they're going to go with that. It's awesome. Very yeah, cool. but so far, everything they've given us has been excellently designed, powerful, and interesting four-threat characters. And that is a space I'm really looking forward to them exploring more this year because Rhino just came out, and he's one of those as well. Well, it is no secret that four-threats have been in a rough spot for a while in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems the design philosophy has changed a bit with four-threats, uh, pretty noticeably, and we're now living in that world and I'm excited to see where we go. These, these characters that you mentioned coming up, I mean, agent venom specifically is going to be extremely fun to play. I'm not sure where he's going to fall in or slot in what teams, whatnot. I think he brings a lot to some teams that he will likely be affiliated with that need a character like him. So I suspect you'll see him in a lot of places and I'm totally cool with that because awesome jessica drew coming in awesome yeah i'm excited about her oh yeah you better be shield shield got some big (laughs) upgrades here bud yeah i know a viable four threat for shield that's exciting i mean agent venom might be in shield yeah he might be shield too and what's cool about agent venom is he obviously fits the shield archetype too where it's like he really is just a bigger buffed up hawkeye and i think that's pretty cool yeah What, what if hawkeye could spend all of his power and do other stuff on top of being the turret hook arrow, you know, slightly mobile turret character like Hawkeye is, where it's like Venom has the web swing instead of the hook arrow. And they both have the long range attack. That's a really solid attack. But then Agent Venom has a little bit of power to spend some cool stuff on things like a throw. And, you know, that's taken it over the top, things that Hawkeye can't do. So I find that very cool. Fun design space for fours right now. And I think that's great. And I, fingers crossed, we'll see an update on some of the, some of the fours that need a little love, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like the coming weeks are going to be a very big time for the game. And we're going to obviously reflect that on the show. We're going to do news updates and we're going to do LVO recaps and stuff. But before we get to that, we are starting a new series today that we kind of hinted at last character episode with Miss Marvel. We kind of started in there, Chris, the Inhumans. And yes, we are starting a mini series on the Inhumans for a little bit. Not going to be very long because there's not really many Inhumans in the game, but we thought it was finally time to do them because they're some of the only models from the earlier years of the game we have not done yet. And it feels good to catch up on all the earlier years models of the game. And then we just keep pushing forward with the newer releases. So I'm really excited to do Inhumans. And even if they're going to be spaced out by all this important news and stuff, like this is going to be a fun character mini series because... Chris, I think of anything, and Humans is a prime example of when I sat down with the concept of this show, why why it came to be. Because I don't even know very much about the Inhumans as a big Marvel fan myself. And obviously, they're an affiliation in the game. Obviously, some of these models 
very viable, very good in the game, but we just don't know a lot about them unless you're just a diehard Inhuman fan or a comic book fan, right? And so I think our show can hopefully help with that. Oh, we can help. We're going to help. Uh, you're going to know a little bit about Black Bolt. You're, you're going to know enough to know whether you think he's awesome or not. And you're probably going to think he's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing Black Bolt today. There it is. Yeah. The, the silent king of the Inhumans himself, Blackagar Boltagon. That's right. So we're going to be kicking off Inhumans today with, of course, the king of the Inhumans. But before we get to that, let's attend to a little business. <laughs> Fury's Finest is supported by MrLaser.com and DiscountGamesInc.com. Check them out for all your Marvel, Crisis, Protocol, and Miniature Gaming needs. Our patrons support us at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show and like to support us, consider joining the Patreon and then joining our Discord community. We, we take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. Chris, we gave the spiel last episode, so we're not giving that spiel again. But, you know, seems like a lot of you have showed up and started signing up for the Patreon this very month. So it's thank you for awesome. that. Uh, it's really refreshing, especially for us doing the show for so long. Typically, the winter months, especially like November, December, are typically a huge dip in Patreon, yep. uh, I assume because of the holidays and stuff. And we had some dips this year and stuff, but like to have a upswing in January is very encouraging and keeps us going, especially when we're kind of like still recovering from the holidays and all the episodes we did in the month of December. So if you join this month, your name will get read. It's going to be some time out from now, but you know, thank you for doing so. We wanted to acknowledge those listeners and new Discord members now. But Chris, we have a new patron of the week today. We have a shout out to Mantis. Thank you, Mantis. Thank you, Mantis. But Chris, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers, right? That's right. As always, a huge shout out and big thank you to the Avengers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, Jason, and Puyan. Very cool. Loving it. Yeah. And listener at home, if you haven't gathered obviously if you become an adventure producer you get your name read every episode but the order we read the names is very intentional this is the seniority of the avengers because it's who signed up at however far back so you know special shout out to rusty and dylan who have been with us a very long time that's right boys anything rusty and dylan say you have to do we are now a cult that's right so if you see them especially on one of those east coast tournaments you know what to do yeah whatever they say <laughs> exactly we thank all of our patrons and uh this is looking like a really promising new year and um you know if you've considered joining the patreon now would be a good time and just to get part of the discord community and case in point chris i'm going to be using the discord a lot next week when i am trying to coordinate with patrons at lvo and stuff and hopefully dropping pictures and all kinds of stuff in the discord i'm going to be staying away from it because i'll be sad there it is there it is <laughs> All right, Chris, let's move on to a Fury's Finest special, The Inhumans, Black Bolt. Uh, it's Black Akar, Boltagon to you, sir. All right, Jesse, it is time to talk about the king himself. Like, full disclosure here, I think Black Bolt is one of the coolest character designs in Marvel, period. Okay. I love his character design, his suit, his mm -hmm. tuning fork, his power set. I really like the character. I don't really care so much about the Inhumans. I don't know many people that do, but there's some good stuff in there. Uh, and, you know, eventually we'll get Karnak and things like that, and that'll be way cool. I think people do, Chris, what you're talking about, but I think it. what you're saying, which I think probably does ring really true, is like 
the people that even do still have something else they really love in Marvel too. You know what I mean? Okay. And I'm going to get to this kind of Mm -hmm. when we're talking about Black Bolt because Black, the story of Black Bolt really is the story of the Inhumans. It's hard to separate the two. And I'm going to do my best to today. We're I, I want you guys to know about Black Bolt, not just sure the Inhumans, but it's sounding similar to like if we ever get to do Namor one day, right? It's going to be, Oh, you use the magic word similar. Yeah. yeah. They just don't have anything that's, that's theirs. Yeah. You yeah. know, every, every trope they use is quite obviously borrowed from another Marvel, <laughs> you know, thing. Let's just get the black bolt Namor out of the way now. Yeah. And, and humans, X-Men, uh, yeah. the obvious, of course, their own you've, hidden you've kingdoms. Got, well, yeah. And you've got, you've got black bolts brother, then uh, he and Black Bolt have a very Loki Thor type relationship, which mm-hmm. again, not okay. their own, even though they're, you know, cool characters. But anyway, let's start off like we tend to start off. Let's talk about his superpowers a little bit here that really help frame the character of Black Agar Boltagon. And before you make fun of his name, just know you're wrong. It's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Black Bolt is kind of a super inhuman. He was exposed to the Terrigen Mists literally as an embryo, and he's had a a very different kind of life ever since uh, because of this. Now, what this Terrigen Mist does, if you're not familiar with the Inhumans, the Terrigen Mists is the MacGuffin that transforms them into an Inhuman, unlocks their powers as it were, if you listen to our Miss Marvel episode, there's stuff in there on the Terrigen Mist as well. But Terrigen Mist it, it originates from Terrigen crystals, uh, and this mist, when someone you know has these latent inhuman genes, they will they will go into kind of chrysalis and emerge a new inhuman. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Like mutants, some of these inhuman transformations are not really sustainable or livable transformations. Now, let's talk about Black Bolt's powers, his mutation here. Black Bolt has some really, really wild energy manipulation, most notably his vocal cords. Uh, When he speaks, he has the power with his voice much like Cyclops, it never mm-hmm. turns off, but he has the power to basically destroy a planet. He can scream and destroy a planet. A whisper will wipe you from existence. Extremely powerful. Now, uh, he was born with this power literally as a child, so we'll get into that in his history. Uh, he ha- wears a suit that helps him kind of harness this some of this power. He can also kind of transfer this energy manipulation, this, this this raw energy. He can kind of use that to buff himself up, make himself stronger, faster. You know, so he is superhuman levels of strength, speed, agility, uh, reaction time. All of these kind of baseline, you know, very high tier characters. You know, it's kind of like an NBA player, right? an NBA player that's sitting on the end of the bench. Mm. Oh man, that guy's trash, but no, that is one of the top 0.001% of athletes in the world. Mm -hmm. But when compared to these inhuman, just 
once in a generation talents, you know, your LeBrons, your Giannis's, your Jordans, your birds, they look bad. So mm. Black Bolt is, is, is not only that base level of superpower, you know, that, that general mutant super strength that all mutants get or whatever. He is high tier strength. Things yeah. like that. He's not the Hulk or anything like that, but he's going to be able to have, he's going to be able to duke it out, at least hold his own just about anybody. And he does a few times. And you'll find more of that in my comic recommendations. Um, the last cool feature or last couple of cool features about Black Bolt is he can f- use this energy uh, to fly at like 800 miles an hour. I, no, 500 miles an hour. And he's got that tuning fork on his forehead that really yep. helps him focus uh, his powers. And that's, it looks cool and it is cool. <laughs> His first appearance is going to be in fantastic Four number 45 of December, 1965. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a legacy character. You know how these goes. We're going to break it down into decades. Black bolt. It was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the absolute legends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Jesse. So let's get into it here. Let's get into Black Bolt's actual origin, which I have hinted at a little bit through the powers conversation. Black Bolt's parents are top inhuman geneticists. And to explain the inhumans really quick, the inhumans are weapons essentially made by the Kree. The Kree abduct some humans in er the early development of earth uh, during the earlier period of human evolution and beef them up, turn them into inhumans, give them this, this mutant, you know, latent mutant gene that needs to be activated. And of course there are a few, they do this a few other races as well. They essentially have a grab bag of slave races that they've augmented uh, and this inhumans being one of them. And Black Bolt is the son of the Inhuman King and Queen, also top-tier geneticists. This is how he is exposed as an embryo to the Terrigen Mist. This is how he is born just a wrecking machine of untenable power and energy. Imagine a baby just simply by crying would bring the whole house down around them. Yep. So naturally, Black Agar's father... The very interestingly named Aegon, pre-Game of Thrones, y'all. Mm-hmm. There's no E in his name either. There's no so. E in it either. We'll uh, construct a soundproof room and eventually teach young Blackagar how to control his powers. And upon reaching early adulthood, when his powers are under control, he's very highly trained, skilled, self-disciplined to not even utter a peep during his sleep Mm. extreme degrees of self-discipline here. So upon re-entering in human society, black agar is essentially assaulted by his younger brother, Maximus Maximus is going to try to grease the wheels for his ascendancy to the throne by proving that black bolt is not worthy of leadership and cannot control his immense power. Maximus is going to try to lure and force Black Bolt into speaking. Black Bolt, of course, holds firm, stays true, 
stays vigilant. <laughs> Part of why he's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. It is why he's cool. Black Bolt, of course, becomes a popular character amongst inhuman society, given his level of power, his self-discipline, his pedigree. He will eventually become king. But first, he's going to leave Atalan, the moving city, capital city of the Inhumans, and he's going to explore the outside world. And this is when Black Bolt is going to start making his tour through Marvel Comic Universe. He has not had many comics himself. The Inhumans have not had many comics themselves. They are very much pretty firmly entrenched through the vast majority of their existence as background characters. It's an extremely detailed, you know, background, colorful background characters with a royal family and all the intrigue that goes with it. Yep. They appear in other people's stories. They appear in shorts at the back of other comics. Fantastic Four a lot, right? A lot of Initially, yes, stories. they're, they're yeah. going to they're going to show up in the Fantastic Four a lot. Black Bolt will will move on to some other things. Yeah. Um, in the seventies, uh, you're really going to start to we're going to see Black Bolt uh, interceding. This is going to keep him in the Marvel community. Uh, of course, Crystal and Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four begin dating here in the seventies. This is an, an on and off an on again, off again thing throughout Marvel after this happens. But after this, that's going to, he's going to move on from the fantastic four a little bit. He's going to start showing up with the Avengers, helping the Avengers. Uh, he's going to be doing a lot of things with the Cree and his brother <laughs> He and his brother. It is very, I mean, it is seriously, it is Thor and Loki. You cannot trust Maximus. Unless you have to trust Maximus, in which case you can trust Maximus. There's that always you're my brother begrudging thing. Not not as warm as as Thor and Loki can be, but it's just it's so hard not to draw the comparison and just kind of roll your eyes a little bit at it. Black Bolt is just a unfortunately placed awesome character. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. There is going to be something established with the character here in the seventies. That is extremely important for him and his brother Maximus though. Black Bolt will learn that his brother has secretly started working with the Kree, started working with Ronan, the accuser to bring the inhumans back under heel as it were. And of course, Black Bolt's not going to stand for that. So in undoing this plot through classic comic book shenanigans and escalations, Maximus and Black Bolt will crash after Black Bolt has to use his voice power, has to speak. The spaceship they're they're in will crash. It will uh, take out a just great number of Inhumans and Kree, both. And this is when Maximus will be driven insane. His proximity to Black Bolt and uh, using his powers and speaking and, and bringing the ship down and, and everything will kind of snap his mind. He survives, but at what cost, Jesse? Yep. At what cost? Now, in the late 70s, the Inhumans will get their own title, Black Bolt and the Inhumans. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. They're going to they're gonna kind of battle some uh, villains of the month type stuff. Uh, but th- then we're going to move into the 80s. And it's it's interesting 
with Black Bolt, he gets used more and more as as Marvel goes on. Because once again, he's just cool. People like him, man. Uh, but always saddled with the Inhumans, and and they kind of have to go with him everywhere he goes too. You know, he's they're they're almost inseparable at this point. But it's it's during the eighties that Atalon will first move to the Himalayas, eventually to the blue zone of the moon. But also in the 80s, Black Bolt's power is really starting to, like raw power, is is starting to be noticed and used more appropriately in Marvel. He's going to start showing up in some pretty big hitting cosmic teams, even if it's just for you know a few panels here and there, or, or, or a few pages, or one or two issues. He's going to start showing up in some big, big things, and that's only going to get bigger and bigger as we go on. And once again, the recommended reading for this week is, is highly recommended Mm -hmm. Mm, real bad, real bad use of recommended twice there guys, please (laughs) forgive me. So he's going to start being used more in cosmic level things now with, with Atalon being and the Inhumans firmly entrenched in Cree lore. Now he's going to be showing up a lot in some kind of out of canon stuff in the eighties as well. Like the Fantastic Four roast and stuff is a particularly fun appearance. I think I think that's worth reading. Gonna, you're going to start seeing Black Bolt run in with a lot of people. They're shopping him. They're trying to get his popularity up. They're trying to make the Inhumans a thing. Always a thing with the Inhumans. So he's going to show up in X Men books. He's going to show up with Dazzler. Pretty cool. Dazzler's pretty cool. But like I said, it's going to be just showing up here and there. Never his own title. Never long form stories for the most part. And in each of these appearances, you're going to get little snippets here and there that's going to further the Inhuman story. It's it's super comic book, you know. It's almost Easter egg type stuff a lot of the time. And in the 90s, for the most part, it's going to be kind of more of the same, starting to be used better, of course. But it's in the 2000s when we're really going to start seeing. We're going to, of course, we're going to start the build to Avengers versus Inhumans. We're going to start seeing. Marvel has realized that they don't have the film rights to the X-Men. So now we have to really put the Inhumans on the front burner. And granted, it didn't really work, but there's some cool stuff that came from this. Um, In the 2000s, you're going to see Black Bolt involved with the Dan Abnett cosmic verse that I just, I adore. Uh, It's part of the recommended reading War of Kings uh, specifically deals a lot with the Inhumans. The usage of the Inhumans in that book is really cool. And if they could recapture that, you know, I think they could go somewhere. You're going to get the Illuminati forming here, which Black Bolt, of course, is on. When the Illuminati gather the Infinity Gems and distribute them uh, uh, amongst themselves for defending and safekeeping, Black Bolt will be given the reality gem to safeguard. Mm -hmm. Not really a huge thing, but a nice, interesting bit of trivia there. Um, To prove my earlier point in Black Bolt's uh, superpowers, he does go toe-to-toe with Hulk. He loses, of course, during World War Hulk, but he does it. You know, he doesn't die. That's, I mean, you have to be incredibly powerful. That's like scoring, you know, a couple points on MJ one-on-one. Like, you got to be pretty dang good. But- you're going to see the the real storyline that they're going to have is in the war of Kings, the inhumans, uh, which of course will be very black bolt centric 
Um, I would highly encourage you to read it. It's going to deal a lot with the Inhumans and the Kree. Again, we're going to get some Shi'ar in there. We're going to see Gladiator. Black Bolt and Gladiator? Come on. Yeah. Come That's on. cool. <laughs> it's very cool. And I, Jesse, I have, I have got some great news for you. They served on a team together. There it is. With one of our favorites, Beta Ray Bill, the Annihilators. That's right. One of the most powerful cosmic teams ever put together, full of absolutely just a murderer's row of cool characters. Some bruisers. Yeah, that's right. Absolute bruisers. We got, we've got what? We've, we've got Gladiator. We've got Black Bolt. We've got Quasar, Beta Ray Bill. Who am I missing? I'm missing I'm missing one or two here. Ronan, I think, is there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Some bruisers. <laughs> yeah. Look, guys, this is this is going to be the story of Black Bolt and the Inhumans until seriously, up until uh, the mid-2010s when they start getting fleshed out a, a, a little more in support of the uh ABC Inhumans television show. Yep. And honestly, I'm not going to get too far into that stuff at all because I want you to read it. Yeah. And we covered a lot of that yeah. heavily in our Black Order series because I think, you know, the Inhumans play yes. a big part in the Infinity oh storyline. Infinity is is one of the recommended readings for Black Bolt, just the, yep. the Infinity main storyline. He has some incredible moments in there, but just that is that is his character though, right? Is yeah. incredible moments. Rarely. Do we get the long form story? Mm, yeah. And a lot of it hinges on what you talked about earlier, Chris, uh, him being the guardian and keeper of the reality stone, reality stone, what that means for that infinity storyline. And of course, how oh, yeah. the humans get pulled into all that. Right. So uh, Karnak, man, I love Karnak. He really gets to shine in that for a little bit, but anyway, we are going to, I think we're going to stop our discussion on his lore right there. I would seriously highly recommend. Never mind. I'll save that for the recommendations. Let's move on okay. yeah. to the MCU, Jesse. Well, the Inhumans television show debuted on IMAX screens 2017. Fun little movie trivia here. It was actually the first live action television television series to do so, like premiere in theaters in that way um, on IMAX. Super cool idea. Yeah. And they obviously pursued, a lot of shows pursued this going forward. I mean, Game of Thrones did some later seasons, first episodes, later seasons. Man, you could have talked talk me into watching any episode of House of the Dragon in, on IMAX. Yeah. You just absolutely could. Rings of Power did it this last year with their first two episodes of the show. You S- still need to watch that. Could you, are you surprised by that? A little bit surprised, but. It's on the list. I Yeah. Maybe, maybe I start tonight. My list is vast as well. That was cool. And then the show came out, of course, shortly after that. And the show only ran for eight episodes and it was, it was done by the end of that year. Unfavorable reviews, fairly low ratings, tragic. And it was canceled the following year by ABC. They didn't do the next season. Now we'll probably dance around the show more as this series goes on. But of course, the most important factor of the inhuman show is that Anson Mount was cast as black bolts and it seems he might be here to stay. And uh, I've become a big fan of Anson Mount, too, because everything else I've seen him in, he's been excellent in. I mean, he's currently in the newest Star Trek show, Strange New Worlds, as Captain Pike, and he's incredible. But I think they cast him, Chris, because Black Bolt is a tough character to cast, someone who's not going to speak very much. Man. And there is sort of a vibe and a, a look 
and a resting face of that person where it's like they have to have a, a presence without speaking. And I think he certainly does that on the show. And of course, more importantly, in his little cameo we're about to talk about. But I'm happy that the guy keeps gets to keep his job despite the failure of the Inhuman show. Well, the failure of the show was in no means anything to do with him. As a matter of fact, the only positive things I've heard about that show were usually concerning him. Right. But I mean, you could just tell that the budget wasn't big enough for what they were trying to do. You could just yes. tell that by the costumes. The, the costuming yeah. itself just looked horrid. So it looked very like rushed, you know, once again, it's, it's good casting probably, choices too, probably but, yeah. due to a low budget. I nothing against anyone that worked in that costuming department. I'm sure there were a lot of problems there. I'm sure. I feel bad for every actor that got put in that show because it is very exciting oh, yeah. to be on a Marvel project, even if it's a smaller ABC affair, and then for it to not work the way it did. But of course, you know, mild spoilers if you've not seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but, and you could fast forward here, but now we're talking about it. Anson Mount got to reprise his role as Black Bolt in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, um, representing, of course, one of the members of the Illuminati in a different universe. And he's a different Black Bolt because it's a different universe. But, they got the costume right. They did. It looked cool. It did look cool. Yeah. I'm just happy to get to reprise the role and uh, we get to see Black Bolt in his role in the Illuminati and of course in a little bit of action. But it's like, you know, will they return to him? We will see. I find that very cool idea in the very least that we can have multiversal parts of the MCU where actors get to reprise roles or different actors get to play roles. You know, it's that type of thing where it's like we saw other people in that universe as well will they return in the primary 616 mcu universe i don't yeah, know we do i not hope know. so but if they don't even the fact they got to do that in the alternate universe i was very happy several characters in that illuminati scene that i was very happy to see well that was just a really great movie yeah it just really was and um probably the least unnecessary scene in the entire movie and still was a great scene as in like, you know, it was just, it was that thing you talked about, Chris, where it's like, uh, we just talked about it recently where it's like those MCU constraints, you know, um, hampering the film as a, as a single narrative. Uh, you got to tie the universe together always, but still cool to have the tie universe tying Easter egg scenes be as cool as they were. So we'll see what the future looks like for Black Bull, but I think the Inhumans are being put on hold for a while, especially with the recent additions, like we talked about in our Miss Marvel episode of her origins, uh, without spoiling anything if you haven't watched her show yet, but her origins being slightly different. Make me think that uh, Feige and, and the MCU team have a plan for the Inhumans, but it's probably some way out, and it's probably different than the Inhuman show. It's going to have to be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but Chris, we'll close out our lore section like we always do with your comic book lore recommendation. All right, I've got three, and they're all going to be of varying lengths. Number one, this is, and this is my most highly recommended of these. The other two things you should read eventually, I think, as a if you're a Marvel comic book fan. But if you're wanting to know about Black Bolt, it is Black Bolt Volume One, 2017, written by Saladin Ahmed, drawn by Christian Ward. It is excellent. It encompasses, it, it tells you everything you need to know about Black Bolt, the character. It is fantastic. The art's awesome. Now, the second one, of course, is going to be War of Kings, uh, part of the Abnet Cosmic uh, run. It is smack dab in the middle of the whole Annihilation, Annihilation, Annihilation Wave Return, whatever they all are. It's just incredible. Like, <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, you can you can just read War of Kings event or 
just start at the beginning of the whole thing, but uh, highly recommended. And the last one here is to really give you some of the coolest things Black Bolt has ever done. And that is in Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four. He, he has some cameos. I mean, honestly, read the whole thing. But specifically in that at the Infinity Run, um, Black Bolt's going to do some incredible things. So, yeah, the only original to this episode of the podcast out of these is Black Bolt uh, Volume 1. But it is also the most highly recommended. Very, very cool. All right. Good stuff. Well, check out those comics if you want to learn more about Black Bolt. Because uh, as Chris said, Inhumans not be, might not be very exciting, but Black Bolt's very exciting. And his moments were kind of unbeatable <laughs> when he has his moments, like Chris said. Uh, and I, I distinctly awesome, think of dude. his role in Infinity, the inf- like the Infinity yeah, series, honestly. Man, it is it is worth it's worth reading that that whole little I think it's six issues off the top. Uh, don't don't be mad at me if I'm wrong, but it's it's worth reading that whole thing just to see just to see the few issues that you need to for what Black Bolt does. It's very it's awesome. Yeah, and I was not a Black Bolt fan at all until I read Infinity, and I, I kind of started getting it at that point onwards. So it was uh, it was a big moment for me. So it sticks out of my mind to something like ah, there it is. All right, Chris. Well, let's move on to Black Bolt. And strategy. His name is Black Bolt. His alter ego is Blackagar Boltagon. He is a five threat leader character. His stats are as follows. On his healthy side, he has a stamina of five. On his injured side, he has a stamina of nine, <laughs> putting him at a solid 14, which we, we've always talked about how much 14 health is in this game um you know it's a lot um 14 15 health, like that's just a crazy thing he's a small base character with a medium move so he's average there he's a size two and his defenses are four physical four energy two mystic what are your thoughts about that right off the gate chris pretty interesting stat line well being being that i'm still playing spider foes a lot love for physical defense Love that for mutant madman. Yeah, and I love four energy as an X Men player. Oh right? my gosh! Beta yes, flips. yeah. So seems seems good. Maybe get your head swimming like spider portals, um, meteors, like things like that, or pay to flips with energy. But um, two mystic is very low. It is. I think it's a thematic choice by MG. I don't really think that's that scary though, because I think five and nine is pretty pretty interesting. The downside, when we just get it out of the way now, is. He's nine health on the back, on the side where he's injured, not counting for objectives against right. healthy characters. So it's like the theme is incredible how, oh, you flipped him to his inner side and he's not, he's like two more characters of health right on the back, right? Essentially. And just more stuff. It's unfortunate he's an injured character at that point, And that's one of his weaknesses. But we'll talk more about that as throughout this section. I'll talk about his first tack, Chris. It's a energy attack called energy bolt it's a range for strength of five zero power cost attack this looks very similar to cyclops after this attack is resolved black bolt gains power equal to the damage dealt it's his strike and on a wild you will trigger pierce change one of the defending characters crit wild or block to a blank solid solid builder if anything range four just mm-hmm. great for a builder attack range four five dice yeah man with the pierce uh, that also helps building energy because that just gets more damage through his next attack on his healthy side is a physical attack it is master punch range three strength of seven power cost of four after this attack is resolved place this character within range one of the target character 
if this attack deals damage and the target character is size 4 or less, after this attack is resolved, this character may throw the target character short. Very That's cool. pretty cool. <laughs> Love throws. There's no there's no wild trigger here on this throw. Size 4 is massive. You know, you're paying four to hope to get one damage on them to f- for a short throw. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. Yeah. Cause I mean, size four, we just talked about, right. It's just, it's just a crazy thing, right? <laughs> so, well, if you, you're getting to throw a size four character into, you know, a three threat or a four threat, they're likely going to be flipped mm. or off the table. So it's very powerful. And like I said recently on our discussion on the new Logan, which I'm completely in love with, this master punch is very versatile, Chris. You you can throw, then place Black Bolt off of where they end up being thrown. Mm. You could place Black Bolt and then throw them. I mean, it feels very dynamic and very thematic. Like you're either like jumping and punching up to them and they're throwing away, or you're, you know, like you're either throwing them away and then placing after the big punch. But just keep that in mind, because I mean, at worst, this is an excellent mobility thing it's a place you know and it's a place off of a throw of a big character so also size four characters tend to be big bigger base characters too Mm -hmm. so you're getting a lot of movement out of this um which is underrepresented on his card how good the spender is um four powers a lot but that's okay because all the effects are really good but moving on chris this is this is our new inhuman series and we're going to talk about the inhuman leadership arguably one of the best leaderships in the game just similar to Steve or some of these other leaderships that are just solid all the time. It just gets better as the game goes on because there's more things you could do with characters with power and things like that. And this is very much in that realm. So King of the Inhumans, Affiliation Inhumans, during each of your turns, so that's your turns within a round. Not So there's not a once per round storm hop. This is each of your turns. So every time you go with a character. In fact, a way to frame this, Chris is not even saying like, I'm going with Black Bolt right now. It's just Chris's turn has just ended. It's past to my turn. I can use the inhuman leadership before I even decide to go with someone. Right. So keep that in mind too. So during each of your turns, one allied character may spend one power at any time. If it does, choose an allied character within range three of it. The chosen ally character gains one power. So it says spend and then they gain, but really what it is is you're picking up you're picking up a power off of a character right. putting on another character. This is incredibly powerful because it's advanced R and D every turn. And we yeah. know how good that card is. <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's very, very good. It gives you power to do the superpowers yes. when you need to do them. Exactly when you need to do them, not hope hope to build some power off of a uh, off of a strike or a builder or, or or anything like that. It's just you'll you'll have it when you need it, and that is cannot be overstated because then you can do your superpower, you can do your thing, and have two actions to react to that and, and maybe press the advantage instead of two actions trying to build to that. It also punishes your opponent too because it's like, do they really want to like? do a little bit of chip damage in a lockjaw, and then he's just going to pass it to someone else. Right. So it's like, it's just something to think about, but um, yeah, if only Scott's leadership was this good, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it's cause they're very similar. I mean, the, the parallels are interesting, but a power is just flat better because it's, it it can be used for interacting. It can be used for superpowers. Like Chris said, it can be used for spenders. So yes, a character is losing that power, but another character is gaining it. 
And if you're playing in humans, you have a plan, you have support characters that can help give you the power and you have characters that want to spend the power. Something that comes to mind immediately is charge characters are very good in the human team because you basically always have your charges online if you're playing your activation order correctly and stuff. So uh, think of it in that way. That is kind of a barrier of entry for the Inhumans or the the thing you have to learn first playing them is your activation order and how that affects your passing of power and limits what you can and can't do. No, absolutely. Perfectly said, Chris. Um, yeah, I did say it's one of the best leaderships in the game. It's not an easy one though, you know, and, uh, that's interesting. It's kind of how I think storm is probably one of the better leaderships in the game. Sure. She's, she is not an easy one to play by any means, but moving on, we got a couple of superpowers on black bolts card, Chris. Oh, well, let's talk about the first one here. It is an active superpower. It is focus power. It will cost you three power. During the next attack action made by Black Bolt this turn, add two dice to its attack rolls. That's awesome. It says attack rolls. It's the next attack action. So yeah, it does It does get very interesting with beams and stuff, which we'll get to in a bit for sure. You know, this is very familiar to Storm players and stuff. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, his strike gets so much more interesting, right? When you're flush on power like this, because... yes like a, a seven dice energy strike, which, you know, most people don't like energy attacks in the game on average is really strong or a master punch at, you know, nine yeah. strength of nine, but very expensive at three costs and continuing with things that cost power. He has a reactive superpower called the anti-graviton field. This is his suit. Chris was talking about in lore. It costs two power. When black Bolt is targeted by an attack, he may use this superpower Add two dice to this character's defense roll against that attack. So there's kind of that thing I was alluding to earlier with the two mystic defense not being as bad as it is. Also makes his four physical and four energy six respectively. Yeah, that's That's pretty good. Throwing five dice into six defense dice it's pretty intimidating well let's 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 go and make it, it seven worse, defense right? dice chris because <laughs> uh as chris read in our miss marvel episode our first instance of the superpower is going to come up every episode for a little bit now the inhuman innate superpower black bolt may reroll one die in his attack or defense rolls so your dice are just more consistent with him um on attack i defense. mean it, it's it's built in better than the entire x-force leadership yep just these individual characters right so all, and uh, they all have it yep so the inhumans are uh winning out again over some other teams just uh just because but closing out his healthy side of his card he has two innates it's just the innate of flight which we like because yep. it helps him because he's he not loves. fast yes but he's not slow uh this definitely makes him faster and the immunity to poison which is a theme with the inhumans uh we saw it started with miss marvel and it will continue going forward with all the inhumans spoiler alert it's a thematic thing that amg decided with the Terrigen Mist, and I think it's excellent. Yeah, I, I'm into it. But Chris, we got to move on to Black Bolt's injured side of his card because he gained something pretty cool on the back. It's a pretty big deal. His leadership ability truly helps this thing. But on his backside, he is going to he's gonna be mad, and he's going to be ready to tell you about it. But he's only going <laughs> to whisper, Jesse... It is an energy attack. It is called Whisper. It is a beam four, strength of nine, power cost of six. So for nine power total, this is 11 dice on every attack. Wow. After this attack is resolved, the target character 
gains the stun special condition. On a wild, you will trigger stagger. <laughs> After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition. One more thing. After the range tool is placed for this attack, destroy all size two or smaller interactive terrain features it overlaps. Huh. You think you could use that with Rhino? Just thinking. You could. Uh, you're going to start stacking all those cards. Yeah. And all I those mean, things. if you want to stack, yeah, if you want to stack for one ability only, Yahtzee. which is definitely not uh, competitive, but hey, man. you could end up throwing like a 20 dice attack with Rhino. That'd be sick. Yeah. Some, there's some smart people out there that have done all the possible combos. I mean, you can, you can even add three or four attacks cards to really make it go off you to know, zhuzh it up a little bit yeah smash and uh heave ho but things bunch of cards like that so that's just a cool thematic flavor then honestly i think i should be size threes or less because if this is just Agreed. a thematic thing and clearing the clearing the cover on the map is the way i think about this it thematically i think i should be size three but very cool uh let's talk about a nine dice beam with stun and stagger okay that's a big deal wow man I mean, you've got nine dice to get one wild for that stagger. It's, it's huge. It's extremely high. It, yeah, uh, it's likelihood. high probabilities. Ten dice, right? Because of the inhuman reroll. Correct. Right. So, yeah. Stagger is just the most debilita- debilitating ability to high threat models that we have at the moment. Just absolutely getting rid of one of Malekith's activations because he has to clear stagger is yeah, going yeah. to keep your team alive. Just no way around it. Yeah. Black Bolt's shockingly good in Malekith. Um, that master punch is really good in Malekith. Oh yeah, too. baby. Well, somebody has to be good into him, right? I mean, there's gotta be, it's gotta be paper, rock, yeah. scissors things going on. And, and it <laughs> is, it's just, you know, the inhumans aren't super popular right now. So yeah, Chris, the, um, immediately one of my things I've approach to black bolt is black bolt is really good with one of my favorite cards you know in the game is no matter the cost because master punch can be online round one you can just take the damage yeah like and in humans and you can walk and then punch someone on the midline at range three in place you know and you can just be in the action also you can no matter the cost to reduce the cost of whisper of course and just get that beam off yeah. it might just win you the, it might just win you the game Dude, i mean that's strength of 10 because we're including the reroll beam that lands on three or four people, like so say you got really lucky or is on an EMAP. If you get three or four enemies in that, that could just win you the game. It could. Dice could also fail you, but it's like you're putting a lot of probability in your favor at that point. He's pretty secure dependent because of this whisper attack. I mean, he does other things outside of this attack. Don't get me wrong. He does a lot of <laughs> other things outside of this attack. Yeah, just but, the leadership know, alone. Yeah. If you really want to maximize the whole kit, you're going to want to make sure to have some secures that are going to encourage grouping uh, in the late yeah. game. So, but yeah, man, this, this oh, it's awesome. His kits. Awesome. It just is. Yeah. And I guess this leads naturally to the point I want to get to today, which I'm really happy we're covering humans. Now in this new crisis world and humans are a lot better. Number one, there's a lot more extracts. So the inhumans passing power safely to maybe like use a superpower to place themselves and then pick something up or you know, to get away safely or to charge in enemies to pick up extracts. The list goes on of ways that could be unlocked. On top of that, a central fight where Black Bolt likes to be fighting. Yeah. He doesn't mind getting flipped because he gets a huge health pull and a bunch of, he gets a cool new spender attack on the back. So I think this new crisis world really benefits them. He's very, very brawly. Nine health on the back. It's, you know, that access to that massive, massive beam 
you kind of want him flipped a lot like a, a you know yeah. a green goblin type but yeah you do you do suffer the consequences of that you, there is a price to pay for that and yeah i mean you've mentioned it several times this episode already and i'm going to say it again but you just you you can't stand up to healthy characters on yeah. big secures and, and when you're on the game. Yeah, yeah when you're flipped and it's just it is just the way the game works so this is it, it is a big kind of caveat to his kit, an yeah. asterisk, if you will. Well, and also too, with how powerful the leadership is, you could also just get flipped and then maybe get dice spiked on the back quicker than you thought. And then you lost the leadership a round or two before the game was actually over. And that wasn't worth it because two more rounds of that leadership, I mean, that could be, that could be like four to 10 more power being passed around, depending on how many models you have left and right. up, you know, because it's, it's it's not rounds, it's turns, right? So I think him being alive is the most important thing. I think most of what you're going to spend his power on, of course, is the focus power and the master punch, you know? And like I said, think about the master punch the same way we like to think about Rogue Spender on this podcast and Ursa Major Spender on this podcast and stuff. Think about it less of like how much damage it's going to do, but think about it as a way to displace large models, you know, and then control them, really. Um, the damage from the spender is just a bonus. You could almost read this as like a superpower, like throw an enemy character of size four short and place off of them. That's, I would still enjoy that. You know, it's just the fact there's a little bit of damage up front. Yeah. And of course you have to take an action to do it because it's an attack, but that's the real power there. And of course his leadership, but he's a fairly simple character as he reads on his card, Chris. But I think you find when you play this character, he's not that simple because he is different on the front and back and you've got to make a lot of decisions to make with his power. And I think similar to cable and maybe Scott, who we've referenced this episode, because he is a turret. He is a beefy turret character, which those characters are. He kind of lives and dies by his strikes like those characters, you know, if he's not building power off his strikes and your opponent's not attacking him, he can't do all this cool stuff that costs power. And that's obviously a problem. So maybe in those situations, you do just dive bomb him in. Maybe it's a turn where he just double moves, you know, and too aggressively to one of their secures, picks up an extract, forces your opponent to damage him, to give him power, to access all his abilities because, when he has power, he can light the world on fire, but when he doesn't, he does not quite feel up to his threat level, especially if you're playing with without the leadership, if you're, if you're playing him just as a splash or something. So sure. I think number one reason to take him is the leadership. And then, and then after that, everything else is like added bonuses of, well, how's the game going, you know, and you got to assess that. So, so not a character that encourages splashing outside of affiliation, which is interesting yeah. because yeah. We have a we have a few five threat leaders in the game, and I feel like most of them are almost better splashes than they are leaders, other than Black Bolt. I can see that. Uh, I can see Black Bolt and Thor kind of being on their own, where it's like you're taking them for the leadership first, right? And then if their dice hit, you're like, oh, I'm I'm happy with them as a five. But that's not a risk you can take with them outside of their affiliations, exactly. Probably, but as you mean, like you're saying, the rest of the fives, you could splash them. I feel like Cable's a better splash than he is in his own affiliation. Yeah, maybe splash isn't even the right word for Cable. I think Cable's a better he's a better X-Men, he's a better Avenger, which he is. Mm, yeah, on he those is teams, affiliated right? with those teams. Good good point. And he is a leader for sure. Um how many people are splashing Cable though outside of X-Men Avengers X-Force? I'm not sure. So No, not many, not many for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting space. I think it's something that AMG's trying to intentionally design where it's like sure. five threats are 
a, a unique spot we've talked about on the show multiple times. All this is based off of the building blocks of the three threats, you know? So it is what it is. And Black Bolt, I mean, he's no slouch if the game's going your favor or, or your dice are average or better, but we know how the game goes. Sometimes that doesn't happen. But Chris, we got to close out our lore with one inhuman card. We'll probably cover these as the series goes on. This one's very simple. It's Atalan Rising. It's inhumans. It's active. So just play it on your turn. Any inhuman character may play this card. So you have to declare an inhuman that's playing this card. All allied inhuman characters gain one power for each allied injured inhuman character. It's an interesting card. It's probably not one of their best cards, but it's not bad. It's just, you know, hey, everyone's damaged. It's a round of everybody kind of being Asgardian this round, you know, or something like, right. I mean, maybe, maybe very good into, uh, brawly teams. Yeah. And it's a good closer too, right? It's a good, like round three or four card where obviously everyone's injured or something. Right. right. And black Bolt's just been flipped to his backside. He's injured. And you're like, you know, play this, give me a, I started my turn. I play this and get some power and let's go. And you can immediately do the inhuman leadership following this too. So this really could actually, f- this could fund black Bolt's whisper like immediately. Oh, absolutely. So it's pretty cool. It's been simple. He's probably going to be able to do it after he's flipped, but maybe maybe you get to do it two activations in a row or something if you play everything in the correct order. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like how much is your opponent like? It's all about how are they dealing with Black Bolt? You know, it's, yep. it's very much the Thor thing. So time will tell. That's it for our Black Bolt strategy. And the last thing I want to mention while we're here, because this is our new Inhuman series, is who are on the Inhuman team? What characters are on that team? So we have Black Bolt, the leader right now, the only leader currently right now. Then we have Beast, Crystal, Lockjaw, Medusa, Miss Marvel, Quicksilver, and Ronan. Of course, we got some interesting characters like Beast, Quicksilver, and Ronan in there because uh, they've worked within humans through different means, uh, which we'll probably cover in this series off and on. But I, they have a very cool roster, Chris, and something we're going to be exploring in the weeks to come. But, you know start framing your ideas around the inhumans now and black bolt is only affiliated in the inhumans so that's kind of where we're landing here is like you know normally characters have a couple places there are but black bolt no he's just the king of the inhumans he doesn't need to be anywhere else <laughs> uh right no, now that's true um that hey, might change we'll get, illuminati we'll get, maybe i know we'll get that illuminati affiliation at some point right yeah and he'll be in that but um yeah yeah, like we said, Chris, it's it's a harder episode to do my little our little affiliation splash mini series we did at the end here because he's really just a leader. Yep. I mean, this is his calling. It, it's so <laughs> lore accurate too. I mean, it, that's what he does. He is the king of the Inhumans, and I mean, there's more to the character, of course, but right. At the end of the day, he's a he's a very stoic leader. No, absolutely. And just like if you want to splash him, it's not like he's unsplashable. He certainly oh, is. Sure. I mean, any team that gives him more power or more rerolls, so immediately comes to mind like Steve Avengers, A Force for the Power, Guardians, kind of a cool thematic splash. Uh, Guardians have worked within humans off and on different times, but giving him rerolls gets his attrition and his power gaining online obviously more and let you do things with him. So guardians is a good place for that. But yeah, it's more like he's happy in his home and yeah, you know, I don't think necessarily every model, despite every model being able to be splash. And I think you should absolutely pursue this in this game. I don't even think you should be held back by theme or anything, even though we like theme on this show where it's like, I think they've designed the game this way based around theme and mechanics. And I think if you want to splash him, splash him, but Oh yeah. 
his best home is his own affiliation. And that's, I think, an even better feeling. I think it's a very happy place to be, honestly. And I think he could stay there. Um, yeah, you could, you could try him all different places. I mean, any team you want to go taller, he's a fun splash to add to stay taller. And to if you want to have an attrition team, like put him in Doctor Strange's Defenders. You start Strangers. with Strange at five threat. You got him as five threat. He's using Strange's Mystic Empowerment and changing that beam and that energy attack to whatever he wants, and then also hexing with that. There's fun stuff that can be done. Nasty. It's just he just is best in his own team, and that's what we're going to pursue this week. And don't worry, we got a lot of humans coming up with a lot of interesting places they could be splashed. It's just him as leader. He's pretty singular, and that's okay. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Find us online. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us with any inquiries, ideas, or anything like that at Fury's Finest at gmail.com. Leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It always helps us out. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music and help spread the word. It's been awesome. The little influx, the uptick we've had. And with the game growing the way it is, I'm hoping this uptick continues. But let those new players know, guys, we really, really appreciate it. You can find Chris and I online in multiple places. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. And you can find me on Discord at Fury's Finest. And Longshanks, Jesse Aiken. And I've been saying those lately because uh, I'm about to be at LVO and other events. And I want to meet some of you guys in person. So if you see me on Longshanks at the event or you see me on Discord talking around the event and stuff, definitely reach out. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett. Do not read it if you like lemon drops. Very good. Well, this is a fun episode to dive our first foray into the Inhumans, and I'm looking forward to the coming weeks because uh, I want to enjoy more of this team, Chris, even though I don't play them like when I play people that play them. like I get more enjoyment out of knowing more about them. So Yeah, and I'm looking forward to learning more about how to play them and how to play against them. I, we just haven't seen them in our local meta, to be honest. And, you know, that's okay. Yeah, it's been some time. We have we have one friend who's repping them. Shout out to James. I haven't got to play against James in so, so long, you know? That's very true. Same with me. But a lot of this is, you know, I have helped James build so many rosters off and on and stuff and really put myself in the human's mindset a lot over the years. So it's fun to return to it. But uh, we'll dive more of that in future Inhuman episodes. But until next time. Thanks for listening, True Believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 